Welcome back, everybody. Episode six now. I honestly can't believe we're already at episode six. That's crazy. It is crazy. And we almost have passed 300 total listens for the podcast, which is Amazing. crazy. Didn't expect even 10. So look at so us. Thank you to all the 200 plus people that have listened. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> thank you all. So today's episode is going to be a conversation between Cole and myself about dating and our dating experience and maybe just some questions that are hot topics right now in the day and age that we live in. But first, before we get there, what are Cole and Gouda drinking? Wow, we're going to be really classy with this one. <laughs> so I am drinking the tried and true, truly black cherry or just kidding i'm sorry it's just called cherry my bad and i'm drinking truly strawberry lime specifically because cole doesn't like the flavor i didn't say i don't like it it's not my favorite but for those of you who don't know me so when it comes to because you know there's a million and a half seltzers out there when it comes to seltzers i am pretty much exclusively a truly girl so if i'm not drinking margaritas or cider i'm usually drinking truly's True. Our stock in our fridge is, is pretty low right now, and I also don't really feel like drinking whiskey or bourbon right now. We had a pretty fun date weekend we this did. past weekend at Top Golf. Oh, we can talk about that. That was fun. It was a lot of fun. So we hadn't had a date night or day in a while, but we actually were thinking about going to Top Golf with some friends, and it fell through, no biggie, and then it turned into a Cole and Gouda date day, which is obviously way more fun than going out late at night staying up and not getting any sleep right yeah because honestly we're too old for that shit nowadays so i don't think it's that we're too old i think we're okay i'm too old we're less patient with what you interact with at 2 a.m well, yeah i just like i was never really into like the bar scene like getting ready to go out to the bars at 11 o'clock at night like i was never really into that scene anyways like in my early 20s which is like who you'll find out and about true and I would just much prefer, yeah, I would much prefer to day drink because you have the entire day and then you can still get a good night's sleep and like the, not be miserable the next day. The next day you feel amazing. It's really the best way to like avoid a hangover in my opinion. True. True. You can be conscious of the food intake, the water intake. Yeah. All of that. Good stuff. So Topgolf was really fun. I think that we had we had planned. We were <laughs> like, oh, uh, you know, we're going to go to Topgolf and then we can like hit a couple breweries. And leave it to us to get to like a competitive game sort of date and end up staying there for what, like four hours? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was actually four hours because, yeah, so we top golf, top golf is always busy. So you, we couldn't put in a reservation. So we got on the wait list and then we got there like with an hour left. And then just, yeah, just sat at the bar, ordered some drinks. And then that turned into we got a couple of lemon drops, our, our go to. And then we ended up saying like, wow, we're probably going to be here a while. So let's just get a bucket, a bucket of what did you it was Angry Orchard Angry Orchard and truly. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. And I had some wonderful Miller Lite before that. We had like some nicer drinks. But yeah, the, the bucket was some like lower we had two buckets. We did get two buckets. And yeah, we got multiple shots. But that was so that was when we got to the actual bay itself. We got to the bay. If you've not never been to Topgolf, you like pay for a certain amount of time at the uh, the bay itself and then you can play games like different versions of top golf and then when it came time to extend we extended it even further which turned into like three hours at the bay so it was it was a great 
date day, but we ended up taking fireball shots, lemon drops, and then yeah, we ended up having two buckets of of booze. But but that- it was it was really fun. And any honestly, anything I feel like you and I's best version of a date is something that we can do that's like active and competitive against one another, but still like have you know an aspect of like relaxation and just like. I don't know, vibing yeah, out. For so sure. if you guys have not been to a top golf before, should definitely go. It's definitely a good time. I think I'm actually going again this weekend with my sister. So nice. I'm not gonna have as much fun. Uh, because I won't be there. Probably. That's probably true. Moving on to the topic at hand. Yeah, let's get into it. I think it's really fun to hear from people that have been together for a minute, whether they're married, engaged, like just been dating for a long time, kind of like what led them to that place. And, you know, we've all, as much as I think that a lot of us wish we didn't, we all have a dating past and a dating history. And we have some, I think, some fun stories, some funny stories, some not so fun stories. But, you know, there's a reason why we think it's important to talk about this because... It's hard sometimes when you're single, it's really easy to look at your friends that are in a relationship and just kind of forget that they also had like a very, you know, could have been a rocky, could have been a crazy past that led them to a point where they could be with the person that they're with now. And so we just kind of wanted to take a minute to talk about that for each of us. So, yeah, my dating history is... It's probably, I mean, there's there's quite a few people that, it's not like a high school sweetheart story or anything like that. Are we going to go all the way back? <laughs> it's totally I, up to you. I, I probably, this is me, I had a habit of dating people for like an extended period of time. I wasn't like, like off and on with new people all the time. Sure, like it happened a couple of times, but for the most part, I have been with several people for like an extended period of time. But And I've talked about it before on the podcast. My longest relationship ever was with a person I was engaged to previously. And we had dated for, it was like up to six years, including the engagement. So that... So six years during what periods of time? Yeah, so so this is college. College, so I was a sophomore in college when we started dating. And did the whole move out of parents' houses together we we moved up to Indianapolis and it was it was like a whole there there was no question like it was kind of like we're of the mindset you know at that point we were I was a sophomore in college so we were several years into the relationship so it was like very naturally like okay we moved in together let's get married um, my parents did not like that by the way that I once I graduated from college I moved in with this girl like granted they knew her very well but. They still were of the very traditional values. You don't like move in with the people that you're not married to. That's a whole other topic in a conversation. That's such a boomer mindset. It is so. a very for any of the boomers out there. We love you. We respect you. But yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of a different different mentality. I honestly I can't imagine being in a relationship with someone where I at least haven't lived with them for like Wait. a year. It's just like it's mind. And again, this is a whole separate topic. <laughs> But, like, it is mind-blowing to me that people don't – I mean, do you know how many weird habits people have, like, in their – that they only show in their own home? Right. And, like, what if you, honest to God, cannot put up with these habits? Or what if, like, something that's very important to you is not super important to them and they're not willing to work on it? Yeah. I feel like the most raw version that people show of themselves is typically tr- when you travel. Mm. 
and when so you, true. and or when they're living in their own home. And so like if you don't travel with your partner before you get married and if you don't at least test out what it would be like living with them, I wor- I worry for you. But I guess that's my own personal opinion. Some people make it work. You know, we give them credit. But yeah, I I definitely wanted to see what your bathroom routine was like <laughs> and how you washed dishes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so we, we moved in together. This was out of college. And then, you know, I started my job. She was continuing education in school. She like, did like another program on top of the undergraduate stuff. So what had happened is, you know, we followed the mindset of we were, you know, we wanted to keep dating each other. Like the, the mindset that you should have when you're in a long term relationship is we should keep dating each other. With school, that's, that's very hard. Like someone who is working. And then someone who's just in school, that's it's difficult. We didn't obviously we didn't have any kids or anything like that, but it was it was difficult to manage because like she would she would be gone a lot. So in this relationship, there was like in and as as time went on, like into the the fifth year, the things that you didn't notice uh, when you're in school and you're immature those things started to become more apparent as I had new friends and I saw like what their relationships were like. It's it's so interesting, I think, talking about this because having a relation in a context of like school and being in your early 20s looks so different than it does like when you move out of that stage and you're and you have a career set up and you have goals and and you have values that you you've established for yourself. What happened basically at year five, I think, ish, was we started like drifting apart. And like it wasn't like an acknowledged thing by either of us. This this was like, we know it's not great. We don't really know how to fix it. But we've been in this so long, like this is just what we're doing. So like let's be unhappy together is like an unspoken commitment, which I think is really, really sad. You know, the more the more I think about it, the... Really what happened, basically my parents, including my mom, who was, you know, a very strong, committed Christian, was like, you know, you've been with this girl so long, why don't you marry her? And like that pressure like kept coming and coming and coming to me. So eventually I just caved and that high of experiencing an engagement like faded away super quick. And then like real life set in and like the frustrations and all those things that were there before they quickly went away that were like sort of hidden or suppressed by an engagement. Can I uh, interject real quick? Mm -hmm. The thing that you said about like when you reach a certain, it's almost like you reach a certain milestone, maybe it's a number of years or whatever that you've been with a person. I feel like what you experienced, so that like is not talked about enough. I think so many people experience the same thing where they are with someone for a certain amount of years or they made it all the way through college with this person. And so like it's just expected that marriage comes next. Mm-hmm. But like I know lots of people that have followed that same kind of like trajectory and like it has worked out poorly for them like it did for you with that relationship because it's like, okay, well, I guess we'll just move into this next next phase instead of it being something that like you and your partner actually decide on together and commit to together mm. i just feel like i wish and i hope maybe as the you know the generations go on i hope this decreases a bit but like it's sad to me that anyone ever just like proposes 
or wants to have a baby or whatever make this like life-altering decision simply because they feel like that's what comes next or they feel pressured into it. Like that makes me really sad. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, you know, you have you get married. The unraveling a marriage is very complicated. Having a kid, there's no unraveling that. If there's one thing to take away from this is it's to make decisions for yourself rather than for the people that are around you. Who gives a shit what someone else is saying where you should be? It doesn't matter. What matters is your happiness and your life. And if you have the right partner, they will respect and work with you on those decisions. You know, regardless of what it is, maybe it's a career move or something like that. Your partner should be a one that works with you. Nobody from the outside of your circle, right. that circle. Because everybody's story is different. And just because, you know, your parents did it this way and my parents did it this way and, you know, my sister did it this way doesn't mean that, like, that's the the same mold that I should follow. And then, like, you know, we've talked about it before, but the pressures between men versus women are very different. And it's it's just – it sucks that anybody has to deal with, like, making these big life-altering decisions by trying to please other people that other than themselves and their partner, you know? Yeah, for sure. And then, like, the final thing I'll say about that six-year relationship. So – and this is the part I'm not really proud of. It's basically what happened is, like, the writing was on the wall and nobody would want to say anything. But what that led to was, you know, I had found a group of friends at work that I had started working out with, that I had started spending a lot of time with. We basically, like, we ended up spending, like, every night together. Like, they, um, not all of them, but most of them were single. And I basically just, like, spent my evenings doing that and, like, not spending any time nurturing the relationship. I'm not proud of that. Like, that was an immaturity thing coming through. I should have just recognized what was happening and being like, hey, like, we need to either figure this out, go to therapy, like whatever it is, and and move forward. But what ended up happening is I drove the wedge further, and then I finally got to the point where there were enough breakdowns between the two of us. I was like, you know what? We need we need to put a stop to this. Like, it it needs to be over. And so that's what happened. the The ring was given back to me, and you know we parted ways. And I have no idea, but I think she's I think she's doing quite well. She had actually reached out to me when my mom passed away. And you know that. I am in a much better place. And I think she is because we did that hard thing and we parted ways. I know there are plenty of people out there that have had really serious long-term relationships. And maybe they worked it out or maybe you're in a bad place. I think the the takeaway here is like, you need to you need to make a decision that's best for you. But when you're in that committed relationship, you need to work with your partner and say, does this make sense anymore? And we should have had that conversation at year five rather than year six is really what it comes down to. So that was that was my really, really long-term relationship coming out of college. And then the whole dating world was opened up to me. Now, granted, like I took some time before I wanted to be involved in another relationship, but the uh the the world was my my oyster so to speak however i had zero confidence when it came to dating and doing this like bar scene or anything like that because i had never done it before when it came to college i did minimal partying or minimal trips out to the bar so i had to be introduced into this whole world and really all i knew at that point in my life was how to be serious with someone so that was really hard, actually, up front. And that's when I turned to 
dating apps, as everyone knows and loves out there. Dating apps, and then like the whole concept of dating after school. It's like, it's different, right? It's completely different. I met some lovely people out there, but you know, what, what happened initially was, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't interested in being like with someone in a long-term relationship. God, I had just gotten out of one. So like, what did I want? Okay, let's just put it out there. I wanted to have sex with people. Right, you wanted to hook up with people, which is what kind of dating apps are sort of created for. So, yes. Right. And that's like that's a whole conversation around like expectations, which we should talk about. But yeah, so I was looking to like hook up with people, just like have fun and meet people too. Well, and I think a lot of people, they have to understand you had gotten out of a six-year relationship someone you had spent the majority of your college experience with and the beginning of adulthood with, like these very foundational years you have you had spent with the same person. Right. And so all you really should have been thinking about is like, I could match with any of these, these people. Like yeah. you shouldn't have been super picky in that. You know what I'm not – and I'm not saying that has anything to do with like – but I think that like your options were open and you were like, yeah. I mean I'd give – I would give her a try, I'd give her a try, but I feel like that's just where your head was at back then and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's yeah, probably what you should have been doing. Yeah. Well, it and it did. It did turn into that once I got rid of this like idea that and I think a lot of girls have this idea is like this next person should be my person. And I like that mentality screwed me over because like that didn't allow me to move forward with someone who potentially could have been a good person to to meet and date or something. But I never let it go forward because I was like, no, this person isn't like the serious one or, or didn't like give them a chance rather. So I I met quite a few like women out there that were either great. I met some that were like it was hard to have a conversation with. <laughs> And I think we can all recount a story or two that is like that. But ultimately, like, what ended up drawing me to you was this, like, mentality of, I I know what I want out of a relationship. Here it is. And then you also, like, you just have this confidence about you that it just, like, drew me in like crazy. So, like, I didn't experience that from anybody else, anybody whatsoever. And then at that point, too, when I met you, I feel like I was at a point where I wasn't like, well, one, I wasn't like trying to fuck everything that moved. But two, I was at a point where it's like, oh, no, 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 I can actually I see myself with this person. Uh, let's see where this goes. And that's what led to what Cole and Gouda are today. That's basically the dating experience for myself. Yeah. And I think that like something, again, that's important to point out is like, if you're in a long-term committed relationship, sometimes hearing about like your person's past can be a little triggering. But I think that like it's always important to step back and recognize that like had you not you'd gotten out of that relationship, had you not gone on however many dates you went on with Tinder, Hinge or whatever, like you probably wouldn't have gotten those few little things out of your system and then could have circled back around to like, oh, no, I can be serious with this person. For sure. So like I don't like you. I don't like thinking about you going like on dating apps and dating other people. But I know it was necessary to get you to a place of like, oh, I'm ready for when you met me. And I would say the same about my story. So yeah. I think that like, yeah, if your partner's always talking about their dating history, 
yeah, that I would say that's probably a red flag. Yeah. But at the same time, I think that like you shouldn't withhold them from speaking about their past. By no means. Because it's important and it made them the person that they needed to be in order to like be in the right space to meet you. Yeah. Yeah. I used to in in the past, I used to get triggered by like hearing about your dating past. But it's like I I think there's like this innate thing. Maybe maybe it's just in guys. I don't know. But there's this feeling of like, oh, that's my person. And then you were mistreated or like you had this bad experience. And it's like, oh, it's like the protector side comes on. But then there's also like the jealousy side that comes on like, oh, this person had this great experience with this other person and it didn't work out. There's like, you know, there's doubt and things that can come up from that. And it's I think it's it's like like Cole mentioned, I think it's healthy to have those conversations. And I remember the day that we had it like it was like a therapy conversation. And then I like was by myself and was thinking about it. I was frustrated like you had these experiences with these other guys and I was thinking to myself, where are you right now? You're in your home with your beautiful fiance, with your two dogs. Cole chose you. Like, you're here now because she chose you. So, like, remembering that important fact, regardless of the history, like, that's the most important thing, uh, I think, to remember before hashing out maybe a conversation about the past. Now, if like your partner is talking like, oh, my God, he was so good and bad. Right. Maybe don't say that or That's, talk about that. Yeah, that would be a problem. And I would run or I would yeah, sit down and have a conversation about like this is really disheartening to hear these things. But I think especially for us girls, it, yes, we can get really in our head about the past and our man's past and who he's dated and all of that stuff, what he's done before meeting you. But like. He probably wouldn't be the right person for you had he not gone through all of those things. For sure. Let's talk about your dating life. So mine is probably a little bit longer just because it has more people involved. My first couple of boyfriends were great. I dated pretty much the same guy all throughout high school, just kind of like on and off. And he was much older than me. And so we – I mean – I look back at that time. Had you asked me in the moment, I would have been like, it's, you know, it's really unhealthy. We keep going back on and off and like all this stuff. And I look back on it now and I really do have nothing but fond memories because I can't help but giggle. I was 16, 17 years old. Like I was a baby. And so (laughs) like how – Of course, we had this like weird, toxic sort of relationship where like one week we were together and one week we weren't like – after working with high schoolers so long, I'm like, this makes complete sense. This is like what people in high school do, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, something I'd like to point out because the the high school boyfriend uh, kind of like shows back up later on in life. I think another point to make here is like you didn't mention this, but after you and your ex had broken up, you had backslid a few times where like you guys had been like, oh, well, this feels comfortable. This feels whatever. I'm lonely. So like you guys kind of like you weren't dating, but you were, you know, spending time together, all that kind of stuff. And we don't need to go into details about it. It was it was a lot of just having sex because it was a comfort. But that's the definition of backsliding is like you and this person broke up for a reason. Yeah. But at some point later in your life, whether it's you're lonely, whether it's you feel insecure, so you long for something that feels comfortable. 
I think it's very common for people to backslide. And I am a firm believer that if you and that person broke up, there's a reason why you broke up. I am like a firm believer that exes are not the people that you end up with. And I know that there are exceptions out there. Don't get me wrong. But you and that, if you do a hard look at what went wrong in that relationship, you and that person broke up for a reason. And like, I'm a perfect example. Did my high school boyfriend and I date later on in life? No. But like several years down the later, down the later, (laughs) several years down the road, we had re-entered each other's lives and explored parts of our relationship that we hadn't previously explored because I was so young and like, you know, like he was in college and I was in high school and all these things like going out drinking together was obviously something we never did because I was 15, 16, 17 when we dated. I don't think that like if you would have asked me in my past, I probably would have been like, yeah, you know, like people grow. And that's 100 percent true. People do grow. And my thing where my head was at back then was, oh, well, I was a kid when we dated. I'm an adult now and mm-hmm. like I'm so different and da 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 da. Well, ta da, it still didn't work because like the fundamental reasons why our relationship didn't work, those didn't change just because we had gotten older. And so I, I hope that I'm like, I don't want, actually, no, I don't really give a shit if I'm rubbing someone the wrong way by saying this because I think that we have all experienced a time where we backslide into a comfortable relationship. Yeah. And I just think nine times, 9.5 times out of 10, it's not going to work out. So I think you need to stop convincing yourself that like, oh, maybe this is the time. Listen, it's not. Like you and this person broke up for a reason. You stopped sleeping together you stopped hooking up you stopped doing whatever for a reason and those reasons need to be acknowledged so i'm gonna get off my my soapbox here because but i'm very passionate about it because you have an experience of backsliding i have an experience of backsliding and i think for several years i was kind of like oh well maybe this is the year that we make it work and that's just so it's so naive and i wish i could have punched my younger self in the face and been like or look at this big world that you live in and look at the opportunities in front of you instead of always living in the past. Like yeah. we all get lonely. We all want someone to love us. We all want someone to cuddle up with at night and to share life with. But like just because you're going back to something that was once comfortable does not mean it's the right thing for you. Preach. Mic drop. Okay. Soapbox exited. <laughs> okay. So anyways, I graduated from high school, went off to college. I dated a couple of people in college, nothing super long term. I don't look fondly on the on my relationships in college. Um, I don't I don't think anybody really does. Yeah, I just think that like, you know, I was exploring who I was as a person. I was exploring what I wanted as, you know, for myself, for my career, for a partner. The best version of myself and the part that's very much still who I am is senior year. Nicole, I was single. I was with my best friends who, you know, one of which was also single, the other one, her fiance lived out of town. But like, we were able to like, go out, just be fun, young 20 somethings. And it was amazing. So I definitely think that like, if there are any college kids listening, I'm not telling you to break up with your college boyfriend or girlfriend. (laughs) I'm just saying that like, 
again, people that have met in high school and have been together since high school, I don't know how you do it, but props to you. Hmm. And I would even say the same thing for college because we change so much throughout those years. I mean, not to get all technical on people, but our brains are not even fully developed until we are in our mid-20s. And that's even later for guys. What is it, 25 for guys? Yeah. So, like, I just – how can you honestly, like, spend the rest of your life with another person when your brain isn't fully developed? Like, that is mind-blowing to me. And if it's worked for you, that's amazing. Like, you know, my hat is tipped off to you. I think the the point we're trying to drive home is, like, if if it did work for you before the age of 25 or whatever, great. You, I think, are the minority. Absolutely. And the conversation has switched over to, oh, you're a female, you're 32, and you're single, that's that's okay. Like, that's fine. That's actually the majority, which I think people don't realize. And, like, I have listened to enough dating podcasts and read enough research and done all the things. Millennials have changed the game. The boomers were the ones that met their people in high school and college and stuck by those people. Right. But I'm telling you, from a lot of the boomers that I know, they're living in loveless marriages. And mm. millennials showed up in the world and decided we're not going to settle for loveless marriages. We're not going to settle for careers that we aren't passionate about. We are just not going to settle in general. And it kind of shook society, I think. Yeah. But – Women not getting married until their 30s is like actually so unbelievably common nowadays. People just don't talk about it because, again, things there's a stigma. Well, yeah, like things that existed in the generation before us. I think we all just kind of assume that that's that needs to be carried through. But that's so not true. Like I even I've had so many conversations with my parents who are part of the boomer generation and I've been like, you guys think this way, and that's great. But millennials think this way, and that's mm. great too. And then you've got the Gen Zers who think a whole different way. But like, I just think that for any of my like millennial friends out there that are frustrated because they're in their 30s and like everybody else is married, blah, 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 whatever, you are actually the majority. Most women nowadays are not even getting married anymore because it's not something that we think that we have to have anymore like women are self-sufficient nowadays and they weren't just a few decades ago right and that's the problem is like we think because this older generation did it this way we also have to do it that way and that's just not true okay i didn't plan to get on another soapbox i apologize i met you and we created a life together mm-hmm. when i was 28 right i can't tell you how many times in my 28 years that I sat and cried or got really, really down on myself because I felt like I was doing something wrong. And I wish I had more people in my life during those years smacking me and being like, Nicole, you're doing everything right. It's just not your time yet. And maybe it never will be your time because who knows if marriage is even in the cards for you. It like, that is what's – I just wish I had more people telling me that in my mid-20s, late-20s because I was I was doing what everyone else does and looking and being like, oh, my God, I'm not 25 anymore and, like, I'm still not married. Like, what's mm-hmm. wrong with me when really I should have been asking, what's right with me? Like, right. I was off finding who I was. I was off moving to a new city, rescuing a dog, 
Yeah. Like finding out which jobs I loved and which jobs I didn't, finding new passions and exploring all of these things that I probably would have never been able to do had I been in a committed relationship. I feel like, too, the the answers to that question, what's right with me, are what came forward when we started dating each other. And that's why it worked so well. And that's why it clicked so fast Absolutely. is we knew what we wanted and we were happy with ourselves. Yeah. And so like. I look back at college, Nicole, and, you know, again, everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. There are some things I wish I could take back. Absolutely. But it's a part of life. And I don't I don't look back at it anymore and like get down on myself because those things had to happen. And they did. And I learned stuff from them. Every failed relationship like, you know, it's just it's it led me to an amazing senior year. That senior year set me up for the next stage of adulthood. So I would say dating after college was at the beginning was super weird because I moved back home. Um, Although I wasn't living with my parents during the time. And so like, ironically enough, it probably was like the one period of my life where I shouldn't have been dating because I was like, part of the time I was there, I was living with my parents. And part of the time I lived in an apartment, Mm -hmm. I was also getting my master's all like at the same time. So I think, I think part of my head was kind of like your ex, like stuck in college days because I was on a college campus, Mm -hmm. but I also wasn't living on a college campus. So I didn't have people accessible to me all the time like you do in college. But those years when I was still living in like the South Bend area, um, were when I got into that like abusive relationship, we're not going to go into that anymore. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, go ahead and go back to episode four and you can listen to it there. Uh, But then when I moved to Indy, when I moved to Indy, I was very much in like a head zone of like, I don't want anything because relationships have not have brought me nothing but negativity and like depression and just all of these things. My mindset when I first moved to Indy about dating was super negative. And like, as anyone has heard listening to me, they haven't all been negative. But it took me several years to recognize that, like, I actually had some pretty good people in my life and I did have positive relationships. I was just so negative because of what I had just gotten out of. Like, there was not one part of my dating past that I would have looked at at that time and been like, oh, yeah, that was great. But, like, there were some boyfriends I had that I have nothing negative to say about. Like, they were great human beings. We had cute little childish relationships and that's fine. But... It's taken me a lot of years to be able to say that. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I moved to Indy, I was like, nope, not going to date. I would say from the years 2017 to almost about 2020, I would say I had gone on maybe five dates in those three years. Um, And like some of the – I went on a couple of like, you know – first dates and they were only first dates like the guy that wouldn't stop staring at my boobs yeah and then when i called him out on it he was like no i'm just admiring how pretty your necklace is i was like bro shut the fuck up i can see you staring at my boobs and then there were a couple of like dates that i went on like second and third dates and then they fizzled out you know that kind of thing but that was my like dating air like dating phase or whatever uh i think that Everybody goes through – so there's going to be some people that cringe at me saying this and that's fine. But let me explain myself first. I think that everybody goes through what's called like a hoe phase or a slut phase. And I think they – that means very different things for every person. 
So for some people, it absolutely means what it sounds, which is like they sleep around. Yeah. They're single and they're living their best fuckboy life. I think it's really important for people to have hoe phases. And again, <laughs> I can only like imagine my mother's face right now as she <laughs> listens to this. But again, listen to what I'm saying. Like a hoe phase for one person may look like sleeping around. A hoe phase for a different person may mean like they are just going on a lot of dates and yeah. there's nothing. But like the reason why it's a hoe phase is because like you're they're just, not attached to anything. Yeah, you're talking to a lot of people. Yeah, for and sure. And there's nothing wrong with that. And again, I think that it's necessary for people to do that. Whatever your version of a hoe phase is, I think you need to go out and do it if you haven't already because – you learn so much, not only about yourself, but you learn about your future partner. When I met you, I hadn't really dated a lot. I had, you know, I was hanging out a few with dates people, here and there. Yeah, yeah. That kind of thing. And so I think, yeah, I had been dating. I knew dating a lot of people was not my thing. Like I didn't enjoy dates, especially first dates. I didn't enjoy blind dates. I didn't enjoy any of it. I was like, this all feels like a chore to me. I don't like, you know, I'm not a girly girl. I don't like putting a bunch of makeup on and doing my hair. And of course, I never did that for like these dates because I was trying to be myself. Yeah. But I put a little bit more time and energy into like what I looked like. And I don't enjoy that kind of stuff, you know, like and props to you girls that can sit in front of a mirror for over an hour and do makeup. But that's not me. And so I didn't like any of it. And I didn't, it just, it felt very unnatural for me. And so I was like, okay. And that's another reason why, again, on an earlier episode, I talked about how like dating apps, I just knew I wasn't going to meet my person during, like through a dating app because it's so, it can be so superficial. Yeah. So at that point I was like, I'm over it. I've done the dating scene. I've had my little like makeshift hoe phase. <laughs> Like, I'm just, I'm done. And I wasn't even looking for a relationship. I also just wasn't looking for dates either. I was like, I am going to be platonic with every man that I meet from moving forward. And I literally said that to myself before meeting you guys. And so I think that's like what made us feel so natural is because I didn't walk in there trying to impress anybody. I was just like, I'm ready to have a good time. I'm ready to just no pressure because like when you're interested in someone, all of this pressure is immediately added to the situation. And I wasn't here for it. I was like, I'm, I spent too much of my life worrying about what guys thought of me and blah, blah, blah. And I was feeling the best about myself that I had been in a while because I just gotten out of like that depression that I had talked about on episode four and all of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, I found these two girls that my were my roommates and I felt like they brought, they, they brought the best version of myself out and like I felt like I could really be my true self with them. And so I was feeling really good about myself. And I, again, ladies, roll your eyes at me if you want to, but when you're feeling best about yourself, it's probably going to be around the same time that you meet like the person because your confidence – and the way that your self-love will exude from you that people oh, – yeah. it's going to be really hard for people to stay away from you. For sure. But that takes years of hard work on yourself in order to do that. And it probably takes you being alone for long periods of time, which I know makes a lot of people uncomfortable. I think that's the most underrated thing you just said right there is it takes being alone with yourself to like really figure out who you are as a person. You don't need to be married or in a relationship by a certain age. 
You don't need to have babies at all or by a certain age. You don't need to do anything that doesn't fit into what you want and what lifestyle you have, period. I don't care what anyone else says. Like, whatever works best in your life, go after that thing. I don't care if your parents just, like, don't approve. I don't care if your grandparents don't approve. I don't care. It, like, I don't care. Be safe. Be smart. Listen to your gut. And, like, stop putting so much pressure on yourself. And please, 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 for the love of God, stay away from your ex-boyfriends or girlfriends. All right. Well, that was the best mic drop we've had on this podcast. <laughs> my goodness. Oh, my. Well, that was Cole bringing you facts. Uh, I think she's releasing her album maybe, like, next <laughs> month or something like that. I don't know. I'm sorry. I it's like, it's so funny because my mom actually asked me, she was like, so do you guys do these podcasts like scripted? And I think sometimes we come with like- We take notes. Yeah. We come with like a certain amount of notes or whatever. But then I swear, all the notes that I write down or you write down, I usually just like throw out the window and I go on these like long tangents. Hopefully everyone's okay with them. But I like get really fired up about certain topics. But I also feel like that's what makes this podcast so great is because the un the unfiltered version of me is like, I'm probably going to tell you something that you don't like to hear. And I'm only doing that because I love you and I wish someone had done it for me in certain times of my life. For sure. I totally agree. You are best when you're unscripted. <laughs> or should I say unfiltered? <laughs> Period. <laughs> Period. All right, y'all, this has been another Unfiltered Goals podcast. Hopefully you learned something. Hopefully you learned a little bit more about us. If you have questions, like DM us on Instagram. Unfiltered underscore goals is our Instagram. Yeah, we're working on our social media game right now. But uh, we are definitely going to start answering any questions that listeners may have for us, whether they're personal questions or they're questions that like maybe we give you guys a topic that we're going to that's coming up and you guys ask questions that we talk about on that episode. But we'd like to get you guys more involved. So if Absolutely. you guys have questions, comments, any of the things, go ahead and shoot us a DM either at our Unfiltered Goals Instagram account or you can also do it on our personal accounts. But yeah, go follow us if you're not already, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.